Hello and welcome back, my disorderly friends and humans and bugs and cats and dogs and all y'all. All y'all mofos. All y'all better giddy up into this podcast right here. You heard? <laughs> How um, are you? What's oh, going on? Oh, little sicky doing, friend? Yeah, I'm doing dandy. You guys can probably hear it in my voice. I am sick right now. It was like not, it's not been fun. I'll just say that. I have a little fever, a little congestion, a little sore throat, but you know, I've been babying myself for a day. And so now I was like, well, usually if I drink a little bit of wine or whiskey, it either helps or hurts. And so I, for the sake of this podcast, I figured it was time to try it out and see if it helps, you know? I like that. And let's do a clink. Little clink. Cheers to that, baby girl. So, I mean, I'm sorry that you're not feeling good. That fucking sucks. It's that time of the year. It's starting to get cold here. I was just in Sacramento this last weekend visiting my cousins. And it was so cold there. It was the first time I whipped out my big puffy jacket and wore it all weekend. It was so fucking cold. You took it out of Um, retirement. Yeah. I love that. It was a good weekend, though, to see family. It was like I flew in, which I need to stop doing this. I don't know why I continue to do this to myself, but... (laughs) I had a flight out. I like took off at five twenty. So what time? Oh yeah, you were talking took about this off. last week. I think you said you had yeah. to. So you had to wake up at like three thirty. Yeah. So if it takes off, then it had it boards at four forty. Holy. And so you can do the math backwards on that. So yes, I had to wake up at. I woke up at like three fifteen, and then drove so what, there. And- at what point do you just stay up through the night? And just not go to sleep for a flight. Like, what time would your flight have to be at to where you just didn't go to sleep? Well, with a boyfriend like mine, he stays up late. And I can't sleep with the TV on, but he has to sleep with the TV on. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd say, like, I don't know. I just go to bed so early. It's so hard. (laughs) I'm like, so he kept me up because he has to watch TV or he cannot fall asleep. And our TV is the biggest, massivest largest tv you've ever seen in your life yeah um so when it's on at nighttime it's so bright and i try to wear an eye mask and like the earplugs just don't work for me i'm like these things don't work and so he kept me up until midnight you sound like you're going through it right now yeah i feel like i'm still tired from last week (laughs) no so he kept me up until midnight and then i woke up at three so i think three hours i would have to have a 3 a.m. flight in order to not go to sleep the night before. If it like was any take later, off at three, take off at three. So, so then you to... would board at like 2 30, leave your house at like that's so... you no, know, I always have yeah. to like go backwards. <laughs> so, if I board you like write it down <laughs> 4 40, it takes me 30 minutes to get to the, through the airport through security, and then it takes exactly. me 30 minutes to drive there, and it puts me at approximately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so that was, get your excel spreadsheet out literally but yeah it was a long weekend it was good I saw my whole family so what um, is the whole brunch about I don't I I've been seeing it as like an event but I know it has to do with uh female entrepreneurs in the Sacramento area but what is it like what is it exactly so basically my cousin Brie shout out to cousin Brie um she <laughs> has created this whole community for women entrepreneurs and basically it's 
gotten so big and it's just all these women that come together and empower each other and like just it's a a family of you know women entrepreneurs and it's so much more and this brunch basically it was like 300 women that all come together there were speakers there was you know people that just tell their whole story of how they started and started from the bottom and then they worked their way up you have to work hard to get there and it's just a lot of female empowerment and just support and amazingness and mm-hmm. people have just like I mean it's networking it's I mean it was it was yeah. so like beautiful to see and yeah I mean, so so the purpose of it is kind of for like networking and inspiration and like support yeah. which is really powerful it's that's really awesome that yeah. there is such an event wow very cool yeah. it was really cool I mean all of the women were so nice so sweet so supportive and just listening to some of these girls stories was just so cool and yeah it Did was you get really inspired fun. oh yeah like when I was writing in my notes and I'm like <laughs> I want to be right. a boss ass bitch one day all right give us some of your knowledge what do we need to do how do we how do we become boss bitches yeah <clears throat> <laughs> I just basically like my thing is like I've been wanting to just I mean take the stuff like you did and just like quit my corporate job create my own business be my own entrepreneur because I have so much like entrepreneurial blood in my yes, family you do I like I want to do that but it's just the find what you're passionate about and they just talk about how they were just really hit home on like find something that you care about find something that you're passionate about find something that you really love and you'll be fine because you're gonna be passionate you can sell it to anyone right. can, so I think that's like the hardest part of like taking that step is like that's fine worrying that. about that you're just going to fail right away and just yeah. like you are going to fa- fail right away. You are going to fall right away. You are going to fall on your face multiple times and you're going to get told no and you're going to get a lot of doors shut on your face. But it's just believing in yourself and like not taking no for an answer and not just like taking no and then being like, OK, I'm, I'm just going to go back to my old corporate job or, oh, Dude. you know, maybe this wasn't right for me. And yes. so. I think that's the biggest thing that is like the takeaway is like it is going to be a big leap and it's going to take time, but it's worth it in the end. And it just, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your business and yeah. Okay. That is really important because I've, okay. So I, as we all know, we talk about it every episode. I quit my job (laughs) (laughs) and I was anticipating just like feeling free and feeling wonderful, but I have been so stressed out and I'm just like, I keep trying to remind myself I'm doing this so I can actually work towards something I love and I care about and I'm passionate about. But then I'm I check my bank account and I'm just like fuck. And then I check like my leads for jobs and I'm just like fuck. And I just check like all these other things and I'm just like downward spiraling and I just feel I get so discouraged by it all. And then but it really is just like and I've heard it time and time again, people saying that like, yeah, you can either turn around go running back to like the same nine to five situation you were just Mm -hmm. in or you can use it to like light a fire under your ass and like really power through Mm -hmm. and you're gonna like you know it's not gonna be easy it's gonna be really hard but like you can do hard things and you can get through it and it'll be worth it in the end so I'm just like keeping that in mind but I've had quite a few little mentee bees and (laughs) powering through it and I'd really like to, um, you know, not spend any money, any more money on tissues. So <laughs> I know it's, it is, it's hard and it, it 
does get defeating and you're just like, gosh, and you want to give up because you're just like, is this really what I want to do? Is this like, I don't know, maybe this isn't right. But then it's like, you hear from all these successful entrepreneurial women. That's like, I did start at the bottom, the lowest of the low. And like one girl had opened up a restaurant she goes it was in the ghetto in Sacramento and it was like we didn't make a lot of money right away and you just she kept putting work into it kept like putting herself out there and then finally now she's like 13 restaurants later or something like that I don't care how many but and it was just cool to hear because then she you know just she's like I just didn't give up and you can't because if you want to be successful in your own business, you can't just give up because it's your business. <laughs> right. No one else is going to do it for you. Right. Totally. I know. And I think when you're in that mindset, you kind of have to veer from those people that you that you know are going to like try to encourage you to take the safe route. Like there are people that are like, you know, especially like parents or maybe they're like motherly yep. figures that are like, well, you know, you could, there's, there's plenty of jobs hiring. Like I know there's plenty of jobs hiring, but I, I'm trying to start something for myself. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to start it. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, so, um, we will have Brie on for an episode. We are going to have a little interview question and answer sesh with her. She's amazing. You guys, she's created so many different businesses from the ground up it's just she's gone from like fitness to meal prepping to her women of sacramento she's a a business coach she's just phenomenal so hell yeah so much to learn from her i can't wait um yeah so stay tuned for that yeah in the meantime we're gonna shoot the shit for a little while longer (laughs) love it so how was your weekend other than mine i mean sacramento was cold i came home a little bit early i missed my babies and my hubby Um, and flew home early and mm -hmm. loved it Gosh, I wish I had any fun stories for you. Well, I, so this was the first weekend that I have been on some medication for ADHD. Oh, yeah, (laughs) girl, welcome to the club and thanks for making us more of a shortage. (laughs) Yeah, right. The day one, I cleaned my entire house, even the insides of my candle holders. So that was successful. I love that. That's me every day. (laughs) And then I'll take a half and then I'm like dissecting like the cat's water bowl and like deep cleaning it. And I'm like, what am I doing? It's great for cleaning. My God. Yeah. And I love it because it just, I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod, we probably have, but I'm going to just reminisce on it because it makes me think of back in the college days when Nicole and I would live together and we would both, I used to have like these 20 mil, 20 milligram, like XR Adderalls and we would both pop one and get a rack of Coors Light and we would blast music in our house and we would just take different rooms and just deep clean the fuck out of it and it was the best and we would just come and be like look at what i organized it was oh yeah come here look at what i organized yeah (laughs) and we'd take be just hours in different rooms not talking and then we would just be so stoked and it was the best we had the best days i know those were those are always so much fun gosh i miss those days i know I feel like people always try to prepare you so much for college. They're like, college is going to be so hard, this and that. And I'm like, actually, college was kind of the best because we were so just with each other all the time. Like, you always have your buddies, like, right at your side. And I'm like, nobody prepares you for after that when your friends are states away from you, like, thousands of miles. literally the worst. Like, (laughs) all of my, like, best, closest friends – I met in my college days and all live in different states. It's depressing as fuck, but I mean, yeah, I'm like, it's like, I do have close friends here, but I'm like, it's just a different bond. And it's funny how like they say like college friends. Yeah. 
like be your friend forever yeah i know i think that might be why we paid so much money to go to college is so we can make friends hey i will stand by it because i love my friends that i made in my college days they my sisters yeah i have like two from high school that i'm still buddies with and then the rest are college yeah what are the what are the odds you know yeah look at us look at us i know i know i don't have that many from high school like a handful that I still talk to from high school and then college. I mean, like I say, I have like eight of you, you little hoodlums that I yeah. talk to like daily, weekly. And then a lot, I do have a lot of friends from like moving here in my jobs. That's where I've made most right. of my friends. I think it's because my jobs that I found have just like looked for culture, which they're sales jobs too, which sales people typically a lot have the same personalities. Yeah, very outgoing <laughs> very sociable yeah so do you have anything fun planning what's your thanksgiving plans can you believe that it's next week by the time this comes out it's this week oh this is gonna drop on thanksgiving happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving everybody <laughs> it's a turkey day i hope you guys are gobbling up all the mashed potatoes your little bellies can handle and telling all of your friends and family about your favorite podcast the disorderly and so let's see let's let's think let's talk some thankful things okay i'm thankful for wine that's for sure it gets me loose as a goose i, I too love wine and sometimes i'm like it like inspires me because my cousin right now is like doing a dry whatever I don't know no drink November yeah I don't know how long she's gonna go but just like I'm just like gosh I just I think about it and I'm like I just don't think I could give up wine just especially now that it's getting colder and I just decorated my house for Christmas I'm like a good red wine just toots my horn I've never heard a more true statement. It really does just toot the horn, the old horn, you know? Yes. Um, and so No, it's warm and cozy. It's like what's cozier than having your house all decorated, which you just did today, and then also just cuddling up on the couch with your blankie and a glass of wine. Nothing compares. Nothing. The only thing and... that would make it better is if you're with your BFF and we're watching a movie that was like a rom-com preferably circled around the holidays but doesn't have to be directly related you nailed it i nailed, nailed it. a rat there in the turkey head <laughs> i'm not Thank a big turkey all. fan by the way i yeah. i like ham. I, mean, I know you can't really like relate but i can I, relate to what i used to eat i used to eat yeah. ham as well i was never a turkey gal i like ham more it's just juicier it tastes better i just i don't like the dry and so I typically will always have my mom make a ham. Last year, I will say one of my best friends, Maddie and I, she's one of my my high school friends, but um, we, it was our first Thanksgiving, like away from the family. And because she's from Oregon as well. And we were both down here and we're like, we're not going to fly home. And it was her, it's her and her boyfriend, fiance, which shout out to them because they're on their way to the hospital right now to have their first baby boy no way so by the time this comes out they will have a week old a week old baby boy a week old baby luke um so they're gonna be extremely thankful on this thanksgiving oh my Um, goodness but anyways they um we cooked we had three boys um that we cooked a full thanksgiving meal for we did a ham instead of a turkey 
and we did all the sides. We did like green bean, um, casserole. We did two types of potatoes. We did like my grandma's like broccoli salad, holy, uh, holy thing. We did everything and we were so happy and like proud of ourselves. We cooked all day long. They came early. We put our Christmas jammies on and the boys didn't really care. I mean, they were just like happy to have a meal. They watched football all day, <laughs> <laughs> but we were like so stoked on it. And yeah. we, it was just cool to see them. Like we are growing up to the age of like, we now cook Thanksgiving, but so now this year, I've never be been a helper. My... I never yeah. help in the kitchen. I, I usually just hang with the boys and like, you're just an sports. eater, not a helper. Kinda. I'm more of just a chiller. Like if I smoked more weed, I, that would be what I would do all Thanksgiving long. But because I don't, I just sit there and I just like watch the sports and kind of pretend like I know what's going on. And then the food comes and I can't eat anything anyways, because I can only eat like the side dishes. And then I just go along and eat the sides because those are the only like vegetarian things. And then I just kind of wait for everyone to leave so I can have my alone time. I feel that. <laughs> and I just like had a throwback because I was like, hmm, because my mind started going when you were saying that. I'm like, maybe I should take an edible before dinner. <laughs> and then I was like, I, I do have a funny story about, well, this last weekend, we okay. took an edible in downtown Sacramento, me and my two cousins. How was and it? And we just like had this like wild urge to do it. And it was hilarious. We just were all so high. We went out to a restaurant and it was the craziest experience and I won't explain it because you weren't there and it just was like such a high moment but one thing it was like we had to like go up to the bar because he was only one bartender and you had to order from him because he just was like had too much going on and we walked up and there was a serving station there Mm -hmm. and this guy like walked away from it and we had just started like getting into really like feeling it and yeah. I, we thought it was one of those kiosks that you like can order your like, food and drinks on. And so I like go up and I'm like talking to my cousin. I'm like, I think we order on that thing. Like someone just walked away from it and they already told us like to order at the bar. Yeah. And we go there and I start like clicking on it. I was like, this is a serving station. <laughs> I was like, this is right. But it was, it was funny. But, uh, but a couple Christmases ago, it was like, six years ago we like my uncle was in town and was like hey can you kids all of us were like going of course last minute christmas shopping right and no and he goes can you go pick up my like order at the dispensary and they were like just a bunch of like random things and edibles and things and so i was like we were like yeah we'll go grab them and so we did it and we're like should we all take a bite of these edibles and there was it was like there was like four or five of us cousins that we were just like, let's all just do it together. Uh-huh. And let's all just be on the same level going into Christmas dinner <laughs> oh so, my God. at my grandma's house. <laughs> and so we all do it in this one year. And it's so funny because we still look back up pictures and all of our eyes are just glossy and smiling. <laughs> and we go over to Mormors and all of us were just laughing so hard because it was like me, my two brothers, and then like three of my cousins. We just all were on the same Oh level it was so God. funny and it's just funny to look back at that one year because we take obviously photos every year and yes. that one year and we're just like that one year that we took those edibles yeah <laughs> it's epic um, it's better when you have other people there with you and you're just like you take oh, them at the definitely. same time so they start to hit and you're like you feel it I especially feel it. <laughs> when it's a larger group like that if it was just you and one other and the rest of the family was like god i can't believe you did that then your your little weed gummy trip would go down the 
drain but yeah and then we were like three quarters of the way through and we told my mom and she's like are you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna ask did the uh, adults ever find out uh my mom she doesn't really care as much anymore back then she was just like really guys yeah yeah. my uncle obviously didn't care because we were picking up for him more and more never knew because we still probably won't even tell her (laughs) because she doesn't need to know she she doesn't need she's a pure soul yeah you guys are perfect angels nothing else needs to be told to her which my poor sweet grandmother had to put down her very large cat last week oh no yeah it was like a 40 pound cat and she went in and had diabetes and so my poor grandma lost her kitty oh no i know i don't know why i'm laughing a little bit that's so sad it's because it was such a large cat but it was sad so sad i'm so sorry (laughs) felt like i had to put that in there yeah just to honor (laughs) the cat what was the cat's name cutie pie Cutie pie, may your soul rest in honor and peace and an integrity. We're going out for the homies. Yeah. This one goes out for you, cutie pie. Anywho. I think she meowed in my ear. She's deaf, too. Oh, no wonder it's so loud. Was deaf. Tell. Yeah. yeah, she was interesting. It was my cat's baby. And I helped birth those babies and prom night of my sophomore year in high school what an interesting okay we're just gonna revisit that later (laughs) interesting so anyways going moving right along we have a very special episode this week because we have our very first official guest (laughs) all right the Um, woman the myth the legend yeah exactly would you like (laughs) to introduce yourself I feel like I should introduce you but I think you'd do a better job Sure. Hi, I'm Bree. I am, I live in Sacramento. I do want me to tell everyone what I do or like what I like. I want to know your sign. My sign. I'm an Aries. I am Aries through and through. I think I have a rising Aries, falling Aries, moon Aries, sun Aries. I don't know all of the things, but I'm all Aries. You're a purebred. I'm a purebred (laughs) Aries. Yeah. You're also Annika's cousin. I am Annika's cousin. Yay. Most importantly, yes. I've known both of you for a very long time. It's mm-hmm. been so long since I've seen you. It's such an honor. I know. I feel like <laughs> I see you all the time, though, through her Instagram. So yeah. That's yeah, what the same. internet does, right? It, yeah. it brings us close together, but it's a false sense of reality. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Because I feel like I've seen you in the last, you know, year, give or take, but it's really been probably like four. I know (laughs) it has been very long. Oh gosh. In the Christmas, I think it was Christmas time, like probably five years ago. Mm -hmm. And now Christmas will never be the same. Oh my God. Cause it's never going to be in Sherwood. Never going to be in the house that I grew up in. (laughs) Don't even that's my how she's talking about is my childhood home that she just <laughs> adopted as her childhood home. Yes, it's sad. <laughs> it is really sad. I have cried multiple oh, times. Yeah. But I didn't even really get to go back and say goodbye to it. My parents yeah. just like left and sad. my mom was she goes, I didn't even have a chance to sit, like be sad because they packed everything up and she was so stressed out that she just was like, get me out of this house. And she goes, I didn't even look back. And she's like, oh. that's a bummer. Yeah, but now she 
is obsessed with where she lives yes. so it makes sense I it think, all works itself out yeah I think the saddest thing about leaving a house like that is seeing the the wall everyone has it in their houses like in the in the doorway where like you mark everyone's yeah heights. yeah I, I know exactly that. where that is it's yeah, so weird no. this isn't even my house this yeah. isn't even my family I mean it's my you know cousin but it's like I grew up with all of that and it makes me sad but I think like our family is like we grew up very very close to our cousins and Mm -hmm. like they they're basically siblings I call them my siblings basically and so when every year Christmas time everybody would come up to our house so that was like the most like feeling of like family and Mm -hmm. like home you could get was during the holidays because it was like I mean we like mess with each other like siblings we fight with each other like siblings we love on each other (laughs) we just literally all smashed onto the couch, just cuddling each other and just, yeah. Yeah. This year's going to be a little weird, but. (laughs) I wasn't used to all the love when I went there for that, that same Thanksgiving and everything that the whole fam was there. I was like, wow, you guys really all hang out with each other. (laughs) Like there's nothing like my family. Yeah. And we aren't aware that it's not common. Like our bond and how close we are is so normal for us. But if you look at any other family, it's like such a different dynamic and it makes me even more grateful for what we have. And mm-hmm. like, I feel sorry for other people. <laughs> you don't <laughs> know so your cousin's name or their children. Like what? <laughs> a lot of people are just like, oh gosh, I have to hang out with my cousins or, oh, uh-huh. I have my weird cousins. I'm like, yeah. I didn't really have a choice growing up. Like if you were weird or not, like we, we were just growing up as siblings. Yeah. And I think we're all why. equally weird, which is why we all get along so well yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense there's got to be a middle ground for the weirdness yeah exactly so uh, as you know we just went and well we as an I just went and visited Bree in Sacramento was it two now it's like two weekends ago a week ago a week yeah. and a day well yeah yeah because I technically got home yeah a week from today but um and we had your fabulous brunch which I talked a little bit about, and I'm sure you could kind of explain the whole women of Sacramento better than I could, but I want to hear about like how you started women of Sacramento in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear about it. What happened? How did it start? (laughs) So I think it was 2017. I'm a big fan of networking and um, building relationships because I know how valuable those are to a business owner. And what I found was every networking community that I was a part of, it was just, this isn't to knock anybody, but it it was a lot people who are a lot older than me and they were very corporate or professional. And I never felt like really included at any of the events. And so I wanted to create something that I felt included in that I can create that space for other people. And I wanted to just like, support and empower and promote the badass women here in Sacramento. So I created Ooh, yeah. the name. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I named it Women of Sac and that was off of I was gained inspiration from a local business called the People of Sacramento. So I was like the women of Sacramento. Ooh. So that's where the name came from. And then we saw exponential growth in a very short amount of time. And I believe that that was because of the power of the name. If you are a woman and you live in Sacramento, chances are you want to be a part of this growing community called the women of Sacramento, right? Yeah. So it it was, it made sense that people were just like, oh yeah, I'm a woman. Let's do this. (laughs) 
And then like we, we started growing, we started to have, um, events called women empower brunch. That's what they were initially called. And we had like one or two a year. And then I developed the, the model, the business model around the community. Cause I'm more of a business oriented type of person. So I wanted to know like, how can I monetize this? And I did a lot of research on memberships and I was like, okay, that's the ticket. Let's do that. So I designed this whole membership structure and all of the different, you know, products and offers that we could bring to the audience and to the members. And we officially launched that in 2018 in January and at one of our big brunch events. That was our biggest brunch event. We had 400 women at that event. So it was even bigger than the last one. It was wild. That's a hard launch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a hard launch. Yeah. So that was 2018. And then what was it? 2019. I can't remember. COVID Mm -hmm. makes timelines fuzzy. Yes, definitely. But Um, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it was started and we have monthly events. So monthly networking events and our mission is really to support and empower the local women owned businesses here in Sacramento and keep business local and female powered. Um, so that's like what Fuck everything yeah. that we do is Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Someone had to do it. Women. I'm so glad it's you. <laughs> yeah. That's really sweet. Um, was we that kind of, of like, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Drink lots of champagne. I was going to ask a follow-up question, (laughs) but actually I want to hear more about the champagne drinking and like, (laughs) was it like charcuterie boards? Like what kind of atmosphere is it? Yeah. We had, we've learned a lot in the last couple of years. We had one brunch, the 400 person event. We had a gala theme. (laughs) So everyone wore like ball gowns to this it was really beautiful I was like when do we as adults get to dress up like we're going to prom I had this uh, red glitter tight long it was so fun (laughs) we also had puppies at that event we brought yeah local shelter and they brought puppies oh do people adopt them no, they couldn't even hold them because they were so young. I'm like, why did you bring such a why did you bring like, why taunt me like that? So <laughs> yeah, so pissed. You, you might as well have brought like shirtless, chiseled abd men and just been like, oh, Can't they're gonna be, they're gonna be like across the field though. Like you can kind of see them, but not really. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was strange. We we did have a shark, so uh three, I don't know, our second brunch, I think we had this beautiful charcuterie table grazing like beaut huge beautiful and it was woman owned and we ran out of food in the middle and so I had to have one of the staff drive to the grocery store to pick up meat from freaking (laughs) Safeway to refill what was gone that was a freaking nightmare so that happened with that one well we almost had a big accident so what we did have a big accident it was like Two hours before the event started, it was 8, 8 a.m. And we're all in this, like, so we're getting everything. Everyone's running different directions, like getting things set up, which the event started at 10. We got there at like 6.45. So this is like 8 o'clock. We're getting ready. Everything's starting to look good. And all of a sudden, like, you just hear this huge, just like, whoosh, like, and then you look yeah. over. We had probably like six boxes of 44, no. 44 bottles of champagne and 10 gallons of orange juice and the entire bar because it was top heavy fell forward and there were broken bottles everywhere I'm like oh it was so bad I look immediately look over at Brie because I was like 
oh no and Bree's literally like <laughs> and I was like okay Processing. well everybody runs over they're like is she okay and she's sitting there like oh shit what did I just do <laughs> and yeah. then we start cleaning it up I start like counting the bottles that we still had and I was just like okay Brie I will run to the store luckily we didn't end up needing it we had a lot of extra but yeah it was Oh, we only there were be... only seven that were broken so that was good yeah. like along with all the bottles that just got shattered so did my heart <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's one of those moments like as a leader of an organization you have to be in control of your responses and mm-hmm. reactions yeah like you you are held to a higher standard and that's what I've learned over the last few years is how important it is for me to regulate my internal nervous system mm. so that I can model what I want to model and portray to the people in my community. It, you know, four years ago, if that had happened, I would have lost my shit. I remember Mm -hmm. at one of our first, our second brunch event, we had these damn name tags and I was a perfectionist. And the person that I was partnered with on that event, she messed up the name tags and hid it from me. This was very uh, much in my mind. And I, I, think about this because it made an impact on me. Like she was afraid to bring this mistake to me because she was afraid of my response. Oh, and with good reason, because at that point I hadn't done any of the internal work. So I was very reactive and Mm -hmm. explosive and angry. And like, how, why would you do this? You ruined it. Right. So that was a good moment of just awareness and reflection for me to recognize like, Hey, I don't want to be perceived as this tyrant Mm -hmm. leader. I want to be more intentional with how I respond to people. And, and instead of igniting more fear or nerves or anxiety, I can be that, you know, center and like that driver of peace and like calmness so that other people can like you know, vibe off of that instead of me like, what the fuck happened? This is terrible. (laughs) You know what I mean? I had a moment where I was just like, okay, well, okay. What can we do now? What is directly in our control? Yeah. So I think that that was really important for me to shift. And that's why it's a little easier now to handle shitty moments because, you know, I can only control my reactions in those moments. Yeah. You take those calming tools out of that tool belt of yours and you're like, okay. (laughs) I think that like ties in a lot. Well, cause Brie and I were actually having a conversation on the way to the airport to drop me off about like how people, like how inviting you are and how you perceive people. So like, you know, if you're more like, okay, how are we going to fix this? That's okay. You made a mistake and how do we fix it? Mm -hmm. And being more approachable, I think that is like yeah. a huge thing that, you know, people don't really work on. And then especially being higher up and having that voice is like, yeah, you were in charge of all that and you could have ran and just like been screaming in their face. But I think like you are so much more inviting and you have a smile on your face and people are more willing and then to come up and be like, I made this mistake. I'm sorry, but like, how do we fix it? And you can help them through it other than scolding them and being like, yeah, Go fuck yourself. You're fired. You're not allowed to come to another event. Totally. I think there's this misconception about leadership where leaders are like, listen to me, do what I say. And what the most impactful form of leadership is when you come alongside those that you're leading and Mm -hmm. you all walk together instead of like this person out in front. And um, yeah, I think that really changed the game in terms of how the culture that you create. I don't Mm -hmm. want to be feared that's mm-hmm. my thing. Yeah. And I think that people don't recognize. You're a scary woman. 
I mean, I can be intimidating. <laughs> just how I am. I'm tall you intimidate and... me. I get scared of you. You just beat me up. Well, you deserve <laughs> you it. Beat me up. Would you sit on her and just be like, "Who's the best cousin in the world?" I feel like we've definitely. We did that. used to have like it was more my brothers and Bree and our other cousin Krista. They would just full blown fight each other. Yeah, Krista has a big scar on where... yeah, her. Those are her face. Yeah. And oh my God. Dylan and um, Dylan, my brother Dylan, um, and her were fighting. We'd gone out to the bars that night and came back. And Krista always is just like, yeah, I got this like tough boy mentality. And she's like going at the boys like I could beat you up. She was she was in the army. She's just tough ass, but she's Good amazing. And she <laughs> literally would go up to the boys and be like, I'll I'll beat you up, Dylan. Like and Dylan's like six, four. Like he's this huge guy. And so they one time just started wrestling in the living room and it wasn't like full-blown punching each other. They were wrestling and somehow like she tripped and like flew into the coffee table, corner of the coffee table, split open her eye. I don't think, was it that? Cause she had, she already had a scar right here. I was trying to figure out what, cause I remember. Oh no, that was from the party. Yeah, that was different, but she did split something open. Oh my. She was bleeding. She was bleeding. She had tough blood cookie. was spilled. <laughs> that was so funny. We've had so many great moments. Yeah, it oh, sounds yeah. like it. I bet the stories just keep rolling and rolling. Oh yeah, every <laughs> year we just sit and just talk about all of our past, and it's like this is yeah. great. And then if you forget about something, you just look at someone's scar, and you're like, "How did you get that oh, scar again?" <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I have kind of a funky question for you, Bree. Okay, oh, so. Networking is obviously very important for expanding your business and everything. And like, um, especially, I mean, maybe you could expand on like the reasons why networking is so important, but that's not my question. Um, okay. I am, I could be the most awkward person or I could be the most like chitty chatty person. And when I am speaking to people professionally, what do you talk to them about? Do you just go, what do you do? And where's your business? Like, what do you say? Like, how do you network? What is networking? I think it depends on the environment that you're networking in. For me, I do a lot of networking with other entrepreneurs and creative business owners and people who are around my age. So in those environments, especially with my own events that I host, it's just a very laid back, comfortable, personal type of exchange of words. And I don't, I feel so like at home with my community and those events that it doesn't feel stuffy or professional, which is why I created this community. But I, I, you know, I went to a a networking community or an event on Friday and it was that typical, you know, generation and like very professional and everyone was wearing, you know, a blazer. And I was just like, "Eh." I wore a blazer too. And I regretted it. I'm like, (laughs) no. blazer (laughs) damn it but um you know I respect people so I know that I can learn from everyone regardless of where they're at if you're someone who gets social anxiety or uncomfortable around people I think that that's a beautiful space for you to grow into and maybe you have a couple you know, go-to phrases or questions in your pocket so that you can break the ice. Um, what do you do is always like a pretty basic generic question, but it's, you know, it could 
kind of pull back the curtain a little, if you choose to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, one of a question that I always have as an icebreaker in my own communities is what do you love about yourself? Ah, and this aw, is not your, yeah, we that's so on <laughs> brand with us. Yeah. And it's not like you wouldn't expect that at like a corporate networking event. You know what I mean? Because people are afraid to be vulnerable and go deep. And that is all that I am. So I think that that's how it reflects in our community and our events. So I I like to push the envelope a little bit and get to know people on a deeper level, maybe ask some more vulnerable questions that might make someone not necessarily uncomfortable, but it may also allow them to open up because we all desperately want connection. As human Mm -hmm. beings, we are hardwired for human relationships and connections with people. And in order to build that connection, what is required is vulnerability. And everyone's so afraid to be vulnerable because no one wants to get hurt, but we all want the depth of a relationship, which is so funny. We don't want to be vulnerable, but vulnerability is what creates connection. And we all want connection. It's like, where does the cycle stop? And it starts with, it stops with us stepping out, being vulnerable and just extending that hand to other people and encouraging them to be vulnerable as well. Vulnerability is, it's scary, it's uncertain, but it's the most beautiful form of deep relationships that we can build yeah i'm like can you just like take your mic and just like drop it on the ground real quick (laughs) (laughs) she said it all yeah that's it folks uh we're done (laughs) Uh, i love that i mean wanting connection with people and especially like moving to a new area which i know nicole's going through right now and i went through about four years ago it's like you move somewhere and you're just like you don't have those like safe people or that community and it's so hard to like, just go and be vulnerable with someone. You have to put yourself out there to meet new people. And I think that that's, I mean, I say like to this day, one of my proudest moments, like say you're in a class or someone's like, what's the proudest moment of your life or whatever. Everyone's like, Oh, college degree, you know? Oh, I got a master's. Oh, my children, like all that stuff. And I'm like, honestly, one of my proudest moments was picking everything up and moving to Arizona and not knowing anybody. That's vulnerability. Yeah. And I'm like, I knew I had no idea what tomorrow was going to hold. I didn't know what I was going to do. It's not like I had accepted a job. I wasn't going to school. I didn't have, I had my family friends there, but they had a high school boy and I was like 22 years old. I'm like, (laughs) I'm not going to hang out with him and his friends. (laughs) Hey guys, where's the party? What I would do is like, I told myself a couple of things of like, one thing was I I was always going to say yes to everything. If someone invited me to do something, I would say yes. As, mu- as tired as I was, as much as I didn't want to do it, I would say yes. And then I would put myself out there. I would go to bars or restaurants and go, like, even if it, I wasn't going to drink, I'd just go eat dinner and sit up at a bar because some of the best people I would ever met have been just sitting around me and just chit-chatting. And they see that I'm alone and they come up and sit and some of the best people I've had conversations with. And mm-hmm. I'd met some of the workers there. And that's how I, like, started to become friends and make friends and make friends and how I got one of my jobs and everything. So it just putting yourself out there as uncomfortable as it was and joining myself into conversations. Like when I heard other, some, someone else talking about something and I'm like, Oh, like, excuse me. Oh, and I wanted, I joined in the conversation and ended up making friends. So I think like that is something that is very vulnerable. And that's one of my proudest moments was definitely moving here and yeah no that's something to be wicked proud of like that takes so much to do that and it's like I think it's underestimated for sure yeah 
because it's a different you're going through it right now I mean yeah it's a different bumble bff which is very I did scary (laughs) I made two friends that actually works yeah and that's like you're putting yourself out there and it's you're dating friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. I was going to um, actually mention that when you're talking about like your go-to like questions and stuff for when you go to networking events. I was like, it's kind of like when you're making friends with like other females, you're just like, kind of feels like you're friend dating. You're like, so what totally. are you into? What do you like to do for fun? Like, do you drink? Do you smoke? Do you, well, maybe not at a networking event, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least when you're going through the Bumble questionnaire. Yeah, that's so funny. I want want to just like acknowledge, and this is something that's really important when it comes to developing confidence, when you lean into that vulnerability and that discomfort, that's where truth growth lies. And I'm sure you feel so proud and confident now because of what you've done. And that is something that you're able to reference back when you approach new challenges in the future. You can reference like, oh, you know what? I've done hardship before. I can do this today. Mm-hmm. And I I had this a similar agreement with myself where I decided to say yes to anything that scared me. And I'm afraid of heights. I jumped out of a plane. I literally went skydiving. I'm afraid. I'm a little claustrophobic. I went spelunking, which is cave exploration. I have a fear of speaking. Like you should hear my voice when I get on stage. It's like this. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> calm like, down. <laughs> That's what happens. But every time I have, I'm presented with a speaking opportunity, I say yes, even though I, you know, not even though, but because of that fear. So when I acknowledge like, oh, something is bubbling, this is a fear, this is uncomfortable. I know that that's the direction that I need to lean into because through that comes enormous growth and confidence. Mm-hmm. Confidence is a prerequisite when it comes to building a sustainable business. As you know, I'm big on business. I'm very focused on building my business and marketing and sales. And what I have learned is those who have confidence in what they do and what they bring to the table, those are the ones that will ultimately succeed in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, moving towards growth and everything. And then also that like exposure therapy too is just like good for you like there's a tiktok there's this guy on tiktok like he's popping up on my feed and he's afraid like has really high anxiety about going to grocery stores and so Mm. he like films himself just like walking around a grocery store and he's like today i only made it to like the first um you know produce stand i turned around and i went back home but like you know what exposure therapy and like then now he's like walking around costco's for like hours at a time he's like exposure therapy Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I've never heard that term, but I love that. And I'm going to be using it. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. It's cool. It's kind of like extreme, you know, but I mean, what works works. I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, going to the grocery store doesn't sound very extreme, but exposing yourself (laughs) to little discomforts. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes. But I think that that's oftentimes like we create the problem in our head. Like it's not actually as scary as it is in real life. So Mm -hmm. when we actually do it, we realize like, oh, that wasn't even that bad. Mm -hmm. That was easy. I did a good job. Yes. And then the next time you do say yes to do that, you're going to be like, well, I've done it once before. I've done it twice before. And then it just keeps on rolling. You're stacking it. (laughs) Speaking, like you say, you always like, I mean, obviously you get really nervous and, and of course, 
you know, she gets nervous about it. And then I'm hear her and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you kill it. She seems so natural up there and she just flows and, and she gets done. She's like, Oh, did I do this? Do this? You know? And it's like, you still think and you replay things in your head, but it's like, you did take the step. You did it. It made you nervous, but you got it done. And and it takes that little bit to make you feel more comfortable to do it again. And on the outside world, you're going to be your hardest critic, which I think is the biggest thing is you keep, you replay. I mean, any speech, any interview, anything that you do, you go, you leave and you're going to think about, Oh, did I answer that question? Right. Oh, did I do that? Right. We fixate on the negative. Yeah. And to them, it wouldn't, they wouldn't even thought about it. I know to me listening to you and I'm your cousin and I'm probably would be your second biggest critic other than yourself. And I would, I literally was like, for me to hear you in that, because those half that room had never met you before. You know, they've never actually gotten to have a conversation or heard you speak. So it's like, for them, they were probably like, wow, it was like, she did so good. Never thought a negative thing about it, but Mm -hmm. in your own brain, you're going to be like, oh, I did this or whatever. And I, I mean, I think everybody deals with being their biggest critic and where we need to just be like, you know what? Think of that. Think of John Doe over there that's never heard you speak or never interviewed you before, never knew that. And they probably thought you were great, but you're like, oh, you know, oh, I messed up on that question. I interview. I'm probably not going to get hired. Yeah, they're probably like aspiring to be more like you and you're just focusing on the negatives. <laughs> well, I think it's like, my biggest strength and also my biggest weakness is mm-hmm. having this high standard of how I perform and what I do. But then at the same time, what that does is create the sense of like lack sense of not good enough. And I, I believe that it has gotten me to the place that I am at now in business being this high achiever, you know, go, go, go get it right. Do the most. And I've, recently found the balance of how can I extend more grace and compassion to myself along this human experience that I have. And as an entrepreneur, we deal with a lot of mindset garbage that always comes to the surface. I watched that video back. I recorded it and I looked at it more through an objective lens. And I, I was like, Oh, that was, that was not bad at all. I did say shindig twice and I (laughs) never used that term in my real day-to-day life. Shindig. Yeah. I was, it was a filler word. Like that's my filler word. I don't have any other shindig. Like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it really true. You, like, you sound like a human. Yeah. Well, as women specifically, because of society's expectations and standards, we are expected to live up to this high, high standard, right? So it's ingrained in our DNA to expect more for us, ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we can infuse more, self-compassion and grace and empathy to ourselves, you know, we extend that to other people, but when we can turn around and offer that to ourselves, the journey is just going to get a lot easier for us. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. totally. I hear, I hear what you're saying, Annika. Mm -hmm. And I still, I'm not at a place of arrival. I still have a lot of work to do with extending myself grace, but I'm I'm in a good place. I think that I need it to continue to get better and sharpen my skill. Like I know that I could have done a little better, but this is a learning opportunity and I have a room for growth, which is, you know, that's a gift for me. So yeah. yeah. And everyone can always get better. I mean, you totally. can always be better than you were. Before. Yeah. Um, how was it watching yourself back on video where you like, oh, that's what I sound like, or that's what I look like, or that's what I, were you in your head in that way when you were watching no. it? 
I do this all the time. All the time. Good. This is what I do. Do you know how many times I watch my stories back? It's like unhealthy. I don't know if anybody else does this, but I I watch it back probably like ten times during the day. Like yeah. why? Because I'm like in my brain, I'm like I want to experience what other people are gonna experience. <laughs> Just from the beginning, one more time. Yeah. Do you think that that helps you or makes you more like judgmental on how you sound or how you look or, or do you think it helps you want like, oh, here's where I need to improve on? Yeah. I don't think at this point I have developed a really strong relationship with myself. I have a very like strong sense of self-worth and I'm nice and kind to myself. Whereas before I was a little biatch yeah. and I would talk shit and, you know, and this is really common to have these really negative beliefs and limiting beliefs that just tear you down. Yeah. Uh, they call that the monkey mind. It just goes wild up there. And oftentimes we're not even aware of what's going on in our internal world. And we let it drive our decisions and our actions unconsciously, which is yeah. wild. So when you start to bring awareness to the internal dialogue and that incessant chatter and you put a stop to it everything changes in your life how you talk to yourself how you treat others all of that just improves because you're just more aware about what's happening in your internal landscape so when I watch things back I can be more objective and say like okay, so this, these are things that could change in the future. This is what I like about this. Good job. Uh, this can be a little different, but I'm a big fan of messy action and not letting things like not fixating on perfection or getting things perfect before putting it out there. So I, I'm at a place where like, I admire myself for pressing post or getting it out there when it's not ready. Cause it's ready is a fallacy. It's not even a real thing. Perfection doesn't even exist. We can't attain perfection, not even like in nature. Right. I mean, maybe nature is perfect, but nature needs no editing, but you know, yeah. but it's perfectly (laughs) imperfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's like my philosophy when it comes to just editing my stuff, watching things back. I don't like criticize myself. I critique in a healthy way because I, I believe that I want to continue to grow and be better. Um, but I'm happy with what I do and what I produce. So it's just that blend. Yes. I think it takes like a long time to get to, um, have that positive self-talk and consistency with that. And then in turn, you end up being, like you said, like way more kind to yourself, maybe more kind to the people you speak to on a day-to-day basis. Um, I, one of our books of the week was the happiness advantage. And it kind of talks about, okay. I was going to say, do you think that do you, them all. Do, you <laughs> oh believe my that? do you know how special this book is to me? So three years ago, this is, <laughs> this is some deep shit. So get ready. I was literally going to ask you a question about this moving on forward. So this is good. Okay, perfect. So <laughs> three years ago, I got jumped in front of my apartment and they took all my shit. I had a black eye. I had like road rash all over my left side. And I had been drinking that night. I went wine tasting. I had my wiener dog, Chloe, with me. And Chloe was like gone. I lived in a very busy street in Midtown, Sacramento, downtown. And um, I woke up the next day with a black eye. Chloe was found safe. Um, I didn't have my wallet. All of that shit was missing. And it was like the hardest weekend of my life. 
partly because, and this is, this is what happens is we blame ourselves and experience this downward shame spiral. And, um, I thought like, I shouldn't have been drinking. I shouldn't mm -hmm. have been with this person. Um, you know, why would I put myself in this situation? Right. All of these very negative, like self-blaming narratives. I was just so upset and Monday came around after like wanting to just kill myself. Like that's how bad it got. Monday came around and uh, I was a personal trainer at the time. So logically in my logical brain, I was like, okay, you need to get yourself out of bed. You need to go to the gym. You need to get some endorphins into your body and you need to be intentional with getting yourself out of this depressive state. And so I did all of those things. And then I started to look into like happiness stuff. Like, and mm -hmm. that's when I got introduced to this realm of positive psychology. The happiness advantage was the first book that changed my entire life when it comes to the idea of happiness. My whole life, I was someone who struggled with depression and I always, I was such a sad kid. I have journal entries from the past and I read through them and it was always so sad and emo. I was very emo. It's <laughs> like, I want to find happiness. That was the, that was the thing. Like, yeah. I want to find happiness. I want to be happy. And this book, it transformed my perspective and showed me that happiness is not a destination. It's something that you can cultivate in the now, regardless of your situation. So, and it's backed by scientific data and research and, um, all of these different studies about how the brain operates and how we can reprogram, rewire our brain. And, uh, yeah, I, from that, I mm -hmm. wanted to be a happiness coach. Oh, I, I was a huge fan of, uh, Martin Seligman. He's like the grandfather of positive psychology energy bus. That's another great book that I've, I read in the beginning, girl, I have a whole list of a whole list <laughs> writing down. This was like, I'm a geek when it comes to psychology and human behavior and, uh, trauma and, and overcoming trauma and, um, developing more mindfulness and self-awareness. And that really changed the game. And from there, you know, I hired my own coach who recognized, like I was, I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years. And so he said, it would make sense for you to step into the business coaching, but my, so I'm a business coach now. And my approach to business is like through a more holistic lens, because I believe you can only grow your business at the rate that you grow internally. Like you're capped unless you start to develop yourself and expand your mind and just uncover new layers of yourself because we all have this dynamic internal onion of who we are. But so often people are only surface level and they don't even know how to get deeper because they have such protective barriers that they've developed in childhood. I mean, we're bringing it back to childhood trauma, yeah. right? We all carry these this baggage and patterns and conditioning that pop up in our relationships as adults mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why relationships fail. That's why the divorce rate is 50%. We all have this unresolved trauma that we're just projecting onto everyone else. Mm -hmm. So this, I know we went a little sideways, but no, that's, I, no, this that's is good. good. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that book changed my life. So we, you know, we all deal with our own lovely disorders of depression and, yeah. and all that stuff. And I think one of my questions for you, Brie, is dealing with your past and your, you know, you as you've struggled with depression off and on through your life as how, like, I know you say 
that's how got you like what got you to being wanting to become a happiness coach but like dealing with it like back to before that whole situation three years ago what like brought you to want to become an entrepreneur Mm. and like brought yourself and gave what gave you that like spark to want to do it even like the day your bad days of being you know depressed or dealing with your anxiety or whatever you're dealing with that day like on a day that you don't want to do it what got you out of bed yeah so I became an entrepreneur in when I was 20 what (laughs) is it forever and ever ago (laughs) I know I think I was 21 I got into the fitness industry just out of a desire to look sexy for my 21st birthday. So that was the first time that I ever like tried to get fit. I was not athletic in high school. I could have been if I tried because I'm tall, but um, yeah. So I started working out and then I was a nanny at that time. I was nannying for two separate families and I started, I think what happened first was my friends started to ask, cause I was meal prepping for myself and they started to ask like, Hey, can you meal prep for me? This is awesome. I'm like, okay, yeah, you got to pay me for it. <laughs> so I went to his house, prepped all of his food. And that began my first business, smart nutrition meal prep, which was called uh easy breezy meal prep first. Cute. <laughs> yep. So then I was doing that. And then I uh, a lot of my friends were wanting to, um, be like get fit. And they saw my transformation. Cause I was so dedicated and committed. And I did a, uh, bodybuilding competition place fourth, first and only. Oh, um, shit. Like so then I was like, sneaky snack, <laughs> skinny, sneaky snack. Well, I was muscular, but skinny, but yeah, so that brought me into the realm of personal, um, training and, and fitness coaching, which created my next business, which was called breezy fitness. Mm-hmm. there's a theme there's a theme yeah yeah uh, easy breezy beautiful which both of those names changed smart nutrition meal prep replaced easy breezy meal prep and warrior women fitness replaced breezy fitness which ugh, breezy fitness should have stayed um but yeah so here's my thing and this isn't for everyone and I know some people are like you know they have they have their own perspective on this but I do not like being told what to do I have a visceral reaction to authority Mm -hmm. and not to say that I am against the police or like, you know what I mean? The, this court system, like, okay, I'm going to listen to you. Obviously I don't want to go to jail, but when it comes to like (laughs) a boss specifically, or anybody telling me how to run my life, how to do my job, how much money I get paid when I need to arrive, I have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. It is an element of pride. And so I lean into that and I I don't want to be told what to do. And I want to be able to be in control of my destiny. As cliche as that sounds, it's like, I I want to be able to create my own schedule and to get paid what I know that I deserve and to have a flexible schedule so that I can do what I want when I want. And that's what entrepreneurship provides. It's hard as fuck. It's not easy. It is the most challenging journey of my life, but I would not have it any other way. I would rather live in this uncertainty and this discomfort than complacency and the same monotonous schedule every single day with no fulfillment, building someone else's dream. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make someone else fucking money. I want to make my (laughs) own money on my own terms. That's like my, my whole driving force when it comes to like not getting a real J O B. Right. Because sure, you get that consistent, predictable 
salary or whatever, but at what cost? 40 hours a week? I, I haven't worked that long ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. And I run a six figure business. Like we are, we are conditioned to believe that it can only be a certain way. And that is what the model is brainwashing people to be, to believe. But I think that there's a shift now people are recognizing, mm -hmm. especially after COVID yes. everyone's going online and making buku bucks with mm -hmm. like on YouTube. I just researched this guy. What is his name? The, Mr. Like Mr. Beast. 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 Yes. I, I watch him on Facebook all the time. So this is the the future, right? Like people can get rich AF because they garner attention and attention is the new currency. Mm -hmm. We're in this age of information now. And that's why what I do is I help people build coaching businesses, which is mm -hmm. a knowledge-based business, monetizing your skills and experience. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do, because there's no reason for you to stay in a cubicle and hate your job every single day. Yes. Mm -hmm. you, there's other options out there. <laughs> yeah. You don't, this is not expected of you anymore. Like college is not the only way to make a shit ton of money. Preach and it. it's, you know, that even corporations are understanding that I recently went through, you know, one of the low points in my business and was scoping out, um, jobs that were available, obviously not going to happen, but I saw <laughs> that they were saying like bachelor degree or equivalent experience. And like, yes. that just shows that things are shifting mm -hmm. and that having a degree is not necessary in order for you to land a good job or to make a ton of money. So entrepreneurship is not for everyone. I will say it is very triggering. It is inherently triggering. And if mm -hmm. you don't have the capacity or the tools to face your shit and to work through what you need to work through, you're going to fail as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And that's sad, but not everyone can be an entrepreneur. We need people in normal, you know, normal yeah. jobs running, <laughs> running shit, but it's the most liberating experience and the wildest ride. And one that I wouldn't trade for the world. Yeah. Do you think that like one of the biggest challenges, um, either yourself or like a lot of other entrepreneurs face is the fact that there's nobody like lighting that fire under their ass being like, Hey, meet this deadline or Hey, like do this or do that. Or like, you know, work harder because you have to be the one lighting that fire for yourself. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, a hundred percent, exactly what you said, like no one is going to hold you to what you say you're going to do. And this comes with a hefty load of responsibility, but also a very beautiful opportunity for you to cultivate your discipline muscle. <laughs> and I had to learn this the hard way last year. My business had a really hard six months. And what I recognized myself doing was deflecting and making excuses. And when in reality, when I took radical ownership of all of my actions and habits, I was able to take back the power instead of blaming my coach or blaming the market or blaming the algorithm. I was able to get really honest with myself, which is uncomfortable. All mm -hmm. of this is uncomfortable, but I recognize like, Hey, are you actually acting like the boss ass CEO bitch that you want to be? Are you acting like a seven figure entrepreneur? Cause for damn right. I want to become a seven figure entrepreneur, right. but were my habits reflecting that? And I believe like radical honesty is the key to success when you can really look yourself in the mirror and analyze all of your habits and actions and patterns and beliefs and ask yourself like the place that I want to be, am I currently the person who is capable of even holding that success? 
that was the question. And the answer was like, no, bitch, you don't even fold your laundry. Like, <laughs> who are you to run a six figure company if you can't fold your laundry or do the dishes? Like even those little things. I'm a big fan of how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I had to really shift everything in my life so that I could start to embody that seven figure CEO that I know that I'm capable of becoming. And I'm not there yet. And I'm going to evolve and grow so much over the next year, two years, five years, which I'm really excited about. And it's going to be painful, but also very beautiful. But I think that there are certain like tactical strategies you can use in order to create that kind of structure. So hiring coach to hold your ass to the fire, obviously that's going to help, help you be more accountable to someone else, mm-hmm. um, be having a structured schedule. So time blocking what needs to get done, giving yourself deadlines. Oftentimes we just need healthy leveraged pressure to make sure that we actually get things done. It, things take as long as you give them. So if you set a specific deadline, you're going to get it done before that. If it's seven days, if it's two days, if it's a month, it'll take that long. So like shortening that timeline and putting a deadline on your freaking calendar and then making sure you follow through, that's going to build that discipline and your belief in yourself and that confidence and like, no, I do what I say I'm going to do. And that's all you have. That's all you have is the trust in yourself. If you can trust yourself to follow through and do the things that you say you're going to do, you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking well said. (laughs) Save for the people in the back. (laughs) Oh my God. I could sit here and literally pick your brain forever, but I won't, but I won't. Um, No, I really appreciate all the insights that you've had for us today. And it's funny because we did have that little um, short set of questions that we wanted to ask you and we did touch base on a lot of them but like we totally went off script and it was just (laughs) it was better that way. I'm so happy. You just gotta gotta do it. You wing it and you feed off each other. Yeah. 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 organic conversation you know yeah love it <laughs> um wonderful I'm so happy do you have any other follow-up questions Annika no this is was a great session and I appreciate you little Brie Brie I love you Nika my, Brie Brie. <laughs> my yes. and uh tell all the people where they can follow you get all your love become a business coach for them let's hear it yes yeah, free.norberg on Instagram. That's the main platform that I market and hang out on. Um, you can find me on Facebook, but I'm not really there. Yeah, <laughs> on Instagram. Instagram. On the gram. Find me on the gram. Yeah, the gram is where it's at. Okay, make sure you guys do that. Follow her and also, you know, hit her up. You need her guidance. Clearly, I'm fucking motivated after this. I mean, I don't know about you, Annika. We're about to fucking run shit now. Yes, uh, life, I'm here right. for it. She's been my cousin my whole life, all right? I look up to her more than anyone. She is <laughs> I my, love you. my BFF. My I love you. sister that I never had. So yeah, I love you. I love you. So precious. Thank you, Bree Bree, and we love you, and love everybody else, and thanks for listening. <laughs> all righty. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.